So we start off with Luke visiting Yoda on Dagobah, and Yoda's clearly not doing very well. He's very slow moving. Uh, he comments that he's starting to get quite old and that death is probably uh, about to, to reach him. Luke is very weary about this because he feels like he's not really ready to take on uh, Darth Vader without a little more training. Exactly. But Yoda tells him that his training is complete and that the only thing standing between him and being a Jedi is him confronting Darth Vader, who Luke also asks for double confirmation. Is that really my father? And Yoda reluctantly says yes. Then just before he passes away, he tells Luke that there is another Skywalker. This is interesting. Yoda disappears. Luke goes out into the swamps of Dagobah, tells R2 he doesn't think he can do it. And then the ghost of Ben Kenobi appears and kind of helps Luke to understand that the other Skywalker is indeed Leia. Exactly. So he starts off with a bullshit excuse about how what I told you was true from a certain point of view. Uh, and it's such garbage. It is. Uh, but yes, he does confirm. Uh, he doesn't try to tell Luke that Leia is his sister, but Luke does figure it out. Uh, and then we cut back to uh, the Rebels and Mon Mothma, Akbar, and Maydeen share their plans on how the Rebels plan to take down the shield generator on Endor. Uh, Lando has been made kind of general of the whole mission. He's, he's main point man, but also Han Solo has a crew, which of course uh, is the usual suspects, Chewie and Leia. And then Luke arrives back and joins his crew again, and they take off. Uh, in some kind of like infiltration scheme to to uh, penetrate the the imperial uh, base on Endor. Exactly. So Lando is the general running uh, running point in the air in the space, and Han is general running point on Endor. Uh, from there, we go and skip over to Emperor Palpatine, uh, having a discussion with Vader. Uh, not really much is said there, but uh, we see that Vader senses Luke and that's really all that happens other than the fact that the emperor's plotting <laughs> then uh some crazy action takes place down on endor uh there's a bunch of scout troopers that kind of get knocked off their speeders they do a little more chasing through the redwoods and we cut off shortly thereafter exactly so i want to say first off uh, the main criticism i have of return of the jedi in general is that it doesn't have a middle section mm. it's lacking it really only has a beginning and an end i actually think this 20 is responsible for that but it's a it's a virtue of this 20 because it's a very efficient 20 like it's really good storytelling they really like move you through a lot of necessary stuff not in a rushy kind of way no really what it proves is all this movie is missing is a b storyline mm -hmm. that's interesting because it does it does have the kind of that that two-part element to it where you can't really see those three acts the same way you can close so clearly see it in empire yes uh, it doesn't bother me that there aren't necessarily three clear kind of arcs to the story. Uh, I do know what you mean about Return of the Jedi kind of lacking in some certain things. But the big thing that always took away from Return of the Jedi for me was, although it's one of the best things and one of the worst things about it is the creatures. Uh, like yeah. and, and the silliness that comes from that. So the silliness at Jabba's Palace, the silliness with the Ewoks. Although I don't inherently dislike the Ewoks, I... I'm not a fan of the the silly behavior that kind of surrounds yeah the Jabba's weird creatures and the Ewoks. That's the really the thing that takes away from Return for me. The sticky kids movie stuff. Exactly. <laughs> so we should start out with Yoda, which is really a very substantial portion of this twenty. Uh, is devastating um, and full of amazing dialogue. Oh my God! This is this might be the best twenty for quotes. Let's go through a bunch of great lines. Uh, hmm. That face you make? 
Look, I so old to young eyes. I know, it's so good. I do, yes, I do. Sick I have become, old and weak. When 900 years old, you reach. Look as good, you will not. Hmm? Strong am I with the force, but not that strong. Twilight is upon me, and soon I must fall. That is the way of many things. That is the way of the force. Man, he is good. That is so beautiful. Yeah, now there's some really great Yoda ones in here. Um, Luke, Luke, do not, do not underestimate the powers of the Emperor or suffer your father's fate. You will. Luke, when gone am I, the last of the Jedi will you be. I want to bring that up. The Force runs strong in your family. Pass on what you have learned. Luke, when gone am I, the last of the Jedi will you be. It was a mistake to call episode eight The Last Jedi for a lot of reasons. They could have called it Last of the Jedi just to give it a certain Star Warsy phraseology. And then when indeed Yoda says The Last of the Jedi in this movie, I'm like, great, it could have just been pulled straight from Return of the Jedi dialogue. The movie yeah. should have been called Last of the Jedi. It means the same thing and it just sounds it's meatier. In The Force Awakens Crawl, Luke Skywalker is referred to as The Last Jedi. I know, I know that's why it's done, but that's fine. Yeah. It's a reference to the other movie instead of this movie. I also, I don't think the title's good. I think something to do with hope should have been in the title. If you're going to reuse some element that's already been used in a Star Wars title, I thought hope was more fitting. Or spark. I know spark's a little lame. It is. But you got to keep in mind the way the actual movie, The Last Jedi, the Last Jedi does not describe the entire movie. No, nope. remotely. No. Nope. However, hope does. Hope is the theme. Hope and failure. So I think there should have been something along those lines as opposed to The Last Jedi. But yeah, I agree. There are so many reasons why that title could be different and should be different. Hope and failure are the themes of Star Wars in general, not just that movie. Yes, but that failure, that movie especially, the entire side plot is about failure. Mm-hmm. Whereas that's not as much the case. Usually the failure whimsically turns into a positive whereas not so much with the last jedi do we want to hear the word hope in the title for episode nine uh maybe that maybe would that be, would work that could that be cool could be kind of meaningful yep nice to kind of have that mirror uh but then again it won't be the last one so because the first one had hope in it and it didn't even have hope in it the first time so. right but there's got to be some kind of resolution yeah no i agree and it's going to be very interesting to see what uh see what the title is and see how they're going to wrap everything up in that movie the force runs strong in your family pass on what you have learned is something yoda says Uh, that appears of course to refer to leia now with context it also could refer to kylo ren who is not yet born but ben kenobi like that's really what luke does he passes it on in his family to the next of kin that is force sensitive yeah i mean yoda is referring to leia and luke can train leia as a jedi yeah he, he doesn't necessarily do that no, he doesn't, but that's what Yoda wanted. Right. Uh, and it's actually really interesting. There's a whole other confrontation, and uh, I-, I can read it off for you because the conversation between Obi-Wan and Luke is significantly longer in the script. Okay. And it has some little interesting kind of tidbits that reflect back on the prequels, uh, but because Alec Guinness didn't really want to hang around set, my assumption is that's why they cut it, because there's some really good dialogue in here that just was on the script and wasn't in the movie. Okay. Um, But as Ben's kind of saying, I took it upon myself to train him as a Jedi. I thought I could instruct him as well as Yoda. I was wrong. Now that's in it. Mm -hmm. But then we deviate a little. My pride has had terrible consequences for the galaxy. Luke says, there's still good in him. Obi-Wan. 
I also thought he could turn be he could be turned back to the good side. It couldn't be done. He's more machine than man. Right. Twisted and evil. Luke, uh, I can't do it, Ben. You cannot escape your destiny. You must face Darth Vader. I tried to stop him once. I couldn't do it. Vader humbled you when you first met him, Luke. But that experience is part of your training. It taught you, among other things, to value your patience. Had you not been so impatient to defeat Vader, then you could have finished your training here with Yoda. You would have been prepared. But I had to help my friends. And did you help them? It was they who had to save you. You achieved little by rushing back prematurely, I fear. <laughs> Snap. To be a Jedi, Luke, you must, confront, you must confront and then go beyond the dark side. The side your father couldn't get past. Impatience is the easiest door for you, like your father. Only your father was seduced by what he found on the other side of the door. And you have... Oh, you have held firm. I just can't read because of my glasses. You're no longer so reckless now, Luke. You're strong and patient, and now you must face Darth Vader again. When your father left, he didn't know about your he didn't know your mother was pregnant. Your mother and I knew he would find out eventually, but we wanted to keep you both as safe as possible for as long as possible. So I took you to live with my brother Owen on Tatooine. What? And your mother took Leia to live as the daughter of Senator Organa on Alderaan. The Organa household was high-born and politically quite powerful in the system. Leia became a princess by virtue of lineage. No one knew she'd been adopted, of course, but it was the title without real power since Alderaan had been a democracy for a long time. Even so, the family contributed, uh, continued to be politically powerful, and Leia followed in her father's path, uh, in her foster father's path. He became, she became a senator as well, uh, and that's not all she became, of course. She became the leader of her cell in the alliance against the corrupt empire, and because she had diplomatic immunity, she was a vital link for getting information to the rebel cause. That's what she was doing when her path crossed yours. For her foster parents always told her to contact me on Tatooine if her troubles became desperate. That's so fascinating. Yeah, I know. It adds so much more. Now, I think they could have trimmed up the stuff at the end about the Organa household. Yeah. But I like the other part. And I think it's interesting that Owen was initially Obi-Wan's brother. In, in Yeah, in George Lucas's mind, he wasn't just Obi-Wan Kenobi. He was Ben Lars. Yeah. That's super weird. That's really confusing. Yeah. And it also really complicates how we know Owen feels about Ben Kenobi in A New Hope. Yeah, it's true. He talks about it's just a crazy old wizard. He's, he's really rejected his brother who's kind of abandoned the family. Well, I always loved, and this is, I forget who specifically, they recreated the, the prequels on YouTube in like little 20-minute segments. They kind of discuss, they discussed what they would have done in each of those movies. I feel yeah. bad about not remembering it. I know the guy, uh, But yeah, yeah it's, it's quite interesting. Yeah. A totally different take if you if you completely start fresh right and his take on owen uh, owen lars was that owen lars should have been uh, a pilot or should have been someone who was part uh, who anakin and obi-wan knew during their war days or he was someone who was just contributing in some way should perform but someone who wasn't just a boring old farmer someone who was in the trenches kind of with these guys and was able to kind of become jaded to the scenario by seeing Anakin fall, as opposed to just being some random stepbrother he had. Which is kind of an inconsistency with George Lucas as a creator, because yeah. he loved bringing people in and connecting the dots and utilizing people where they didn't even need to be, whereas Owen Lars is so underutilized. Oh my God. As Joel Edgerton in the, like, that's a great actor. Yeah. They could have used him. Well, that's the thing, and, that, and he said that he would absolutely love to come back. Uh, and so I really do hope that if they do make that Obi-Wan movie, that and it would be kind of stupid to not 
bring him in some way, shape, or form. Because I know there was an Obi-Wan comic, uh, which was really cool about um, Obi-Wan protecting Luke when some some people like some pirates came to like kidnap him or something and owen was a total badass in it as well it was, yeah yeah so like he, he could be a much better character than he's been portrayed in that small part of a new hope there's no reason to think he isn't capable considering how cranky he is <laughs> exactly right? he's got to have a reason for being so cranky and jaded yeah you'd other think than so. being on you know tatooine which is kind of a wasteland that is kind of a bummer for sure now you you alluded to the irritating explanation that Ben gives mm-hmm. when he tries to like rewrite his lie. Uh, that's what I have in my list of things to take back. Like, I mean, it was kind of, you're kind of up the creek without a paddle. You have to do something to fix what was said in the mm. previous movie about how you told me Vader betrayed and murdered my father. Oh, well, it's just kind of feels like a 13 year old girl who got caught in a lie. And she's like, I never lied. What I said was, <laughs> and that's exactly what he says. Pretty much. It's a little, it's a little, Silly, but I guess you have to be used to it. Your father was seduced by the dark side of the Force. He ceased to be Anakin Skywalker and became Darth Vader. When that happened, the good man who was your father was destroyed. So what I told you was true, from a certain point of view. A certain point of view? Yeah, it's pretty weak. But this is another one of those examples of another line that is extremely famous from a certain point of view. is a very famous Star Wars quote. So when it comes to naming this episode, I actually put in as the, the temporary title, um, Fly Casual. Fly Casual is funny. Because yeah. Fly Casual is one of my favorites yeah. of the entire original trilogy. I don't know, Fly Casual. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. it's so Han. It is very Han. Yeah, Han was great in this 20. He was like a little bit devil may care. He was kind of back to, he's been very serious for a couple of 20s in a row now. Mm. He was kind of loosening up a little bit. Yeah, he was. Uh, it was interesting. I didn't, I haven't read Most Wanted, but apparently at some point in Most Wanted, the book, uh, Kira tells Han to walk casual. Oh, uh, okay. She's like, come on, just walk casual. <laughs> casual. So that's fly casual cool. is funnier. Oh, like, fly I mean, casual is way funnier. <laughs> but at least it's kind of funny that they, they did another throwback to that as well. Is this Frank Oz's first death scene is this his only death scene as a puppeteer probably how many would you get really i would assume yeah and let's face it this is a pretty badass death scene right yoda becomes so much more powerful as a force ghost yeah yoda is like the perfect force ghost he's better as a force ghost almost do you think this is the last meeting between yoda and luke skywalker until that moment in the last jedi i desperately hope not yeah i think that would be awful i think that would be such an incredible waste of the ability to communicate with those three. Yeah. Uh, Qui-Gon, four if you include Qui-Gon in there. But, but like there those four be, have so much to offer. There needs to be some kind of cap so that Force ghosts aren't literally just deities who live forever. Like they, they can just be forever and ever the same way they could as humans. Well, no. See, Qui-Gon has partial form. Uh, and then it's Yoda and Obi-Wan who have, learned it themselves yeah yoda kind of retroactively learned it from chatting with qui-gon from beyond uh and then the two of them because obi-wan and yoda essentially raised anakin they were able to create his own force ghost that wasn't anakin that was them yeah so that's that's also pretty oh that's fa- a huge reach. fancy patchwork yeah huge yeah. reach but in that same sense no one before Qui-Gon was ever a Force ghost. 
Right. So at, there are only four to this point. And beyond that, I mean, really, I mean, we're getting fewer and fewer Jedi. So it's not like we're going to start adding like 20 or 30 Force ghosts into the mix these days. But I don't know. I, I don't have anything wrong with them. They've been some of the most powerful Jedi ever. And so, we're going to get Luke Skywalker added in the mix there. So it doesn't feel weird. It doesn't feel like, oh, these are weak Jedi. Why are they in the Force? They're like the cream of the crop. So in the inevitable Kenobi movie, do we want Liam Neeson as a Force ghost? Uh, then it's interesting. It's risky. Beca- because that goes against things that were said in the Clone Wars. Does it? It does. Uh, because actually, and that's it's, it's one that I'm, I'm going to recommend you watch maybe even first, because I just watched it, uh, it recently, and it really is one of the best parts of the entire Clone Wars series. And it's the last few episodes of season six. And it's just a, an out of context story about Yoda going on kind of a Force journey. Okay, and it's a lot. Qui Gon has a lot to do with it in there too. But I absolutely think Qui Gon should be in that movie, and whether whether he's just a voice or whether you actually get the full Force ghost, because in Clone Wars it was said that Qui Gon can only speak; he can't appear. Oh. He appeared in one of the episodes, but it was because of a very special planet that they were on that was extremely Force sensitive right um i'm not gonna get into down that rabbit hole but okay. you know what i mean so i definitely would want qui-gon to be in the movie it yoda says it in revenge of the sith uh you're gonna learn to communicate with qui-gon so it'd be really stupid if he wasn't it's up to them whether they want to retcon some things and make him a force ghost or they just want to make him a voice it's not fair to assume that tatooine is a pretty force sensitive place too i would assume it would have it to, be to, to be to some a degree bed of force yeah it has to be yeah. as a kid I really struggled with uh, your twin sister, but I don't have a sister. No, you do. Leia. Leia's my sister. Your insight serves you well. As a kid, I was like, what? How I, don't, did he... I don't understand. <laughs> and as an adult, it's not much better. You mean how Luke made that connection? Yeah. Eh, the Force. That's what you have to go with, I think. The Force. I'm kind of getting tired of using the Force as an excuse. It's a scapegoat for all the stuff that doesn't add up in these movies. Yeah. That's the point. <laughs> that's how it is with all of them. <laughs> I guess that's sort of true. It's definitely a big time scapegoat. Uh, what are there some good quotes in here? Well, many Bothans died. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Yeah. Um, now, don't get jittery, Luke. There are a lot of command ships. Keep your distance, though. Chewie, don't look like you're trying to keep your distance. I know. Fly casual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't look like you're trying to keep it. Yeah. Exactly. Just kind uh, of the back and forth. Just a really good Vader to the Emperor. What is thy bidding, my master? I had that down as a really interesting point that I wanted to talk about. Okay. Think about that line. Yep. As Hayden Christensen to Palpatine. Palpatine. Uh, Think of wimpy Hayden Christensen yep. on his knees saying, what is thy bidding, my master? Yep. It is so fitting for that character. Yeah, it is. They are really the same person. It's just the suit makes him so much cooler. No, I think so too. You're right. It's very suck up Yeah, it's like this, like, like that's a really pathetic line. It is. But it somehow sounded cool. Yeah. So it's well, really kind of... It, it comes from, from Vader. Exactly. There's another interesting exchange uh, towards the end of that where it's really just catching you up and they're having the conversation we've heard them have before about how... We got to get Luke over to our side. Yeah, yeah. They're setting a trap for them. Yeah. And so uh, Palpatine says that again, you know, pretty soon the rebels will be uh, phased out and young Skywalker will be on our side. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing he says transitionally to Vader is your work here is done, my friend. And what that's implied to mean is, okay, go along with your day. That's interesting. But what symbolically that means is what you and I have talked about, which is I'm getting so ready to kill you. That's really cool. I didn't pick up on that. 
That's a great one. Yeah. Because it really is his line of like, you're going in the trash, my friend. Yeah, I have almost no more use for you for the I rest of your so life. I'm so happy I'm finally going to get a younger version of you yeah. who's not a fucking robot. Right. More <laughs> machine than man now. Exactly. <laughs> what else do we have in here? Um, um, how about uh, trivia? You got a trivia for me? Okay, I'll give you, a, I'll give you my, my Jedi Knight question. What is the code name of the shuttle Han and Leia and Luke and Chewie used to infiltrate? Tiderium. Yeah, it is. What, what, what does that mean? Do we know? No what, idea. It's just a random buzzword. Mm. Tiderium. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what do you got for me? Um, what reason does Lando give Han as to why he's being promoted to general? Someone there must have told them uh, about his little maneuver at the Battle of Tanav. Not Tanab with a B in the end. That's my question for you. Oh, really? That's yeah. your ma- that's your yeah. next one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, well done then, Colin. <laughs> it was a uh, it was an interesting uh, Lando twenty because he seems so charismatic, which I guess he always is, uh, but heroic. There's no trace of sleaziness in him at all. Really, all there is is a little overconfidence when he's like reassuring Han that the Falcon will be okay. Mm. But that's really just like a friendly thing. The two of them seem to be legitimately friends in this 20. Yeah, they as, do. As opposed to what we've talked about in their relationship in Solo, which is very adversarial. Well, Lando just spent some time undercover rescuing Han. Han is definitely... And Lando also had to do that because he was the one who sold Han out. Yep. And so Han has every reason to be even more pissed at Lando. True. But at the same time, he did just save his life. He did just risk his life in the Sarlacc pit. He came back and um, met up with Leia and Chewie, and he's flying into the next Death Star. Lando's clearly changing. He's yeah. clearly joined the rebel side. And seeing as Han's already over there, he's like, okay, now you're on my team. Welcome to my crew almost. But what growth it shows in Han to be willing to hand Absolutely. the Falcon over to Lando. Absolutely. It's still so weird. Maybe because you can, you can see the hesitation in his offer. Maybe you can explain this to me because I found it a little odd when they're sitting in the in the cockpit of Tiderium, shuttle Tiderium, and Han is looking out at the Falcon across the hangar, which Lando is about to take, and he's very uh, he's very um, ambivalent. And Leia's like, "What's wrong?" And he's like, "Yeah, I just got a funny feeling, like I'm not gonna see her again." And this appears to be foreshadowing something that does not happen. So, what does that mean? Well, it's really interesting because. You you do he obviously gets the Falcon back, but the funny part is he does lose it. He loses it for years between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. He hasn't had it for all that time. No 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 he he's had it for part of that time. We yeah. don't know how long he loses it for, or maybe it says how long he's lost it for. But he does eventually lose it. Yeah, and he does have to find his way back to it the next time we see him. Right. So although it doesn't foreshadow anything in this movie, it accidentally foreshadows something that came out. You know, 30 years later. Maybe there's something to that about you get to keep the Falcon if you're noble. And if you play fast and loose with the rules and you're irresponsible, eventually you'll lose the Falcon. Yeah. I'm not quite sure, but I I liked it. I liked it feeling like potentially, I'm sure the first time people saw that, they were thinking like, ooh, that's not good. Yeah. And that made them think, oh, is Lando going to die for like the rest of the movie? I and try, I think that's kind of cool. I try my best to watch these through like, through, like virgin eyes. It's mm-hmm. very hard to do that. But it's that nearly impossible. That scene in particular was like, oh, that really feels like they're setting us up to to see the demise of, 
of like you said lando and mm. the millennium falcon and yeah. it just doesn't really resolve in that way in this film no not at all but it's kind of interesting to throw that as kind of a red herring when all those other people when his best friends are joining his crew he's like i don't have a crew yet and then chewy makes a noise and he's like well it's kind of a big deal i didn't want to speak for you but he he's in and then leia's like i'm in too and then luke comes out of nowhere and he's like i'll join the crew too it was just very and my axe oh that's funny (laughs) it was just very it was it was a little corny that's one general count me in i'm with you too my problem with that scene is the fact that luke totally interrupts the fucking meeting yeah he comes out of nowhere and he leaves with han and leia the meeting wasn't over. <laughs> Maiden was still talking. You're right. You're right. Fuck off, Skywalker, just because you're like, oh, I'm going to be a Jedi now. I can go interrupt the Rebels meeting. No. <laughs> the galaxy is relying on order and understanding of the mission. Yeah, we need people to pay attention. Yeah. We're blowing up a massive, massive machine. This other General General Medine, is that his name? Yes. Bad haircut. Doesn't hold up. I actually have that as a take back. His yep. beard and his hair are both atrocious. Right. His beard looks like it's like glued on felt. Yeah. It doesn't look like real hair. Who is that guy? He doesn't really have any notoriety within Star Wars. Uh, he's a Corellian. His name's Crix Maydeen. He's a general. Okay. I really don't know much about him other than that he's part of the rebellion. What are Bothans? Uh, Bothans are a species. Many Bothans died to bring I us don't, this information. I don't believe we've ever seen a Bothan. It sounds like they're an army, like they're a force, like a special force. No, I believe it's a, I believe it's like a species, but I could be wrong. Um... Oh, let's see. Just the way she says it, like many Bothans died to bring us this information. It sounds like they're SEAL Team 6. No, Bothans are kind of feline looking. Okay. Uh, I don't know if we've seen them in anything canon. They look kind of familiar. They look a little similar to some other characters. Um, But yeah, no, they look kind of feline. That's all I can really describe them as. But they're humanoid in the sense that they walk on two legs. Okay. Um. Do you want, to give me, you want me to give you my second question? Yes, please. Okay. So the Rebel fleet is spotted massing ships near which planet? Oh, I don't know. It was something mumbled, I'm sure. Sullust. Sullust. I, actually, I did notice that. Yeah. yeah what is Sullust? Uh, Sullust is a planet with a really bad atmosphere. I don't know what... It's like... It's like uh, humans cannot survive something in the atmosphere toxic. on yeah. Sullust. And uh, I don't really know... Too much about it either. Uh, Ninub, uh, he's from Celest. That's okay. what Celestins look like. Oh, and they're like the kind of that uh, weird sort of fish face. Yeah, uh, but not like the Moncal. So, one more observation. I know I'm kind of all over the map here. That's one okay. more, obs- so am I. One more observation about uh, the Palpatine Vader meeting. Were those Viceroy, the Imperial advisors? Yeah, yeah, they had a Viceroy look to them in their clothing, mm-hmm. which I've never noticed before. But their purpley weird clothing. The Viceroy were like overly prominent characters in The Phantom Menace. And then they were another thing that was kind of diluted. They were a problem in The Phantom Menace. Yeah. They were well, way too prominent. They were prominent, but they could have been okay. They could have It could have been all right to have like the bumbling, uh, uh, like diplomat, not diplomats, but like the, like just like the bumbling civil servants who work under Palpatine. I don't think that's useless. No, I just, I don't know. I didn't, I, the Viceroy are pretty lame yeah they could have been done way better there's just these two guys standing there in this scene in return of the jedi that appear to serve the same role well the interesting thing was with them a lot of people during the rogue one commercials um 
or previews, I should say, saw, thought there was potentially that one of those guards, um, one of those advisors, sorry, was bowing down to the back to tank. Yeah. Which obviously it wasn't the case, but it was kind of Vader's version of those guards, I guess, that okay. was, was bowing down. All right. Uh, yeah, no, they actually have the names down here. Similu, I know, is one of them. I don't remember the other guy's name. Uh, it's really, really weird. Um, Janus Grigetus. Oh, all right. Similu. That's a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> so Palpy uh, kept these guys around. They were, yeah, they were just his kind of advisors. Uh, uh, there's actually a picture online of all of them, and it looks like an album cover, and it's so fucking funny. Like a metal album? Yeah, there's like five of them, and like one of them's like <laughs> sticking his head in from the side because he can't bar- can barely fit in the shot. It's Ugh. like super, it's super lame. Corny. When Luke comes back, uh, he shares a moment with Leia, and she's like, what is it? And he says, ask me again sometime. Mm. And this, of course, means uh, you're my sister. Um, is that strange? Like, we, we're going to see in the next 20 him actually tell her. Uh, I don't think it's the next 20. No? Yeah, it might be. Maybe it's two from now. Yeah, it's one of that. Yeah. It would be a weird moment. It would be weird to come back and be like, oh, now I know. Yeah, that's a bad scene. Yeah. FYI, there's really bad acting in that scene. I know, yeah, and her hair is straight and long it's yeah it's like kind of like uh it's really frizzy it's kind of frizzy it's really really it's really long yeah she's like a hippie like yeah. completely like a flower child You're right she looks flower power in that <laughs> sequence yeah that is funny we'll get to that we later. are skipping ahead yeah yeah uh let me give you my last question okay um i'm sure to get this yeah no uh where's mon mothma from um san francisco yeah yeah, absolutely. So San Francisco is a small city. No, it's, it's <laughs> no Chandrilla. Chandrilla. What else do we know about that? Uh, it's a standard city populated. Planet. What is she? Who is she? A military personnel? So she was a senator. Okay. Uh, and eventually bowed out because the empire was so corrupt. Okay. And she went into hiding, kind of. Uh, but as a result, was one of the founding members of the rebellion. I see. Uh, and so she had worked with Bail Organa and Padme, kind of, they allude to that stuff in Revenge of the Sith on potentially there being a need to form this like rebellion and to go a different way. And so that's exactly what she does. And yeah. she heads up and leads the rebellion and she becomes the chancellor after, um, after, Reven- after Return of the Jedi. She appears to have a ton of personality. Or, are you being sarcastic? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because I was like, she has none. And I think that's a shame because like, there's like a lot of interesting, uh, she's interesting is what I'm trying to say. Mm. And there, there could be a better character created of that. Like obviously her look is iconic, mm-hmm. um, but like what you just described sounds like a good story. And yet she just kind of talks in like a monotone voice and very slow. And Yeah, Mon Mothma's really quite boring. I mean, She doesn't have to be. It, you're absolutely right. She doesn't. But it's interesting the way they introduce Saw Gerrera later. Yeah. Because he's such an antithesis of Mon Mothma. Yeah. He's all about, let's go gung-ho. I don't care if I need to blow up or kill who. Just let's take down the Emperor any way possible right whereas the empire is being like mon mothma's thinks okay let's be strategic and slow and planned out yeah and ultimately it's definitely the better way to go uh but it's nice that they kind of contrasted the two later on yeah but that's another character saw guerrero is another character who wasn't really done well saw guerrero was done better in rebels than he was in um rogue one but i don't like saw guerrero either no, no it's kind of a bummer 
No, he's he's just care. The main reason is he's a good character. I just hate him. Yeah. So that's the main thing for me. It's just he's hateful. Whereas obviously Palpatine's hateful too, and Vader's hateful too. But they're also awesome. Whereas yeah. Sagrera is hateful, and he's just not awesome. No, he's just a problem. Yeah, he just doesn't. He doesn't do it for me. He's irritating. Mm. What else do you have about this twenty? I'm kind of out of observations. The way Yoda reacts to Luke saying, "Then I am a Jedi." Then I am a Jedi. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> and him just laughing his head off is an amazing reaction to have. Yeah, yeah. That little old Yoda in that scene is crazy. He's he, he's so crazy in the yeah. original trilogy versus everything else. It's it's really quite interesting. He's senile. Well, I looked up to see if there was anywhere on the internet that said what his sickness was. No, there isn't. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, he is senile. So it's almost like his mind is decaying. And yeah. that's what the sickness is of sorts. Right. But it's just so funny that he's 900 years old in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And 900 minus 30 years, he was in battle. Oh, and a beast. Yeah. So he clearly had something that uh, took him down quick. He aged quickly relative to how old he can grow to be. But let's face it. We wouldn't look that good at 900 either. This is very true. But at 870... We could definitely take on Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> what about the exchange they have where uh, Luke asks him, is Darth Vader my father? And Yoda says, so he told you, mm. yes. And then Yoda says, surprising this is. Like, why is why is Yoda surprised that Vader would cough that up? Uh, it seems like Yoda would be able to see that coming. Well, for starters, I don't know if he, Yoda thought Vader knew. Because they had kept it from him for so long, and Luke hadn't told Yoda yet about having that confrontation. Yeah. So there's no other reason as to why. Palpatine could have told him. Like Palpatine it, wouldn't have told Yoda, though. No, but Palpatine... Yoda can figure out that Palpatine would know that Luke is Anakin's son. Like it's No, he wouldn't necessarily. Why not? The kid goes by Skywalker. Yeah, but... Yoda doesn't necessarily know all the... Yoda's on Dagobah. He really has been so out of the loop on so many things. I guess, but I don't I don't hear an answer to this. Well, I agree. The fact that he kept the last name Skywalker is an insanely huge plot hole. Yes, it is. We all know that. Yeah. But that's not really the point here. It's... I think he knows that the Emperor is out there influencing Vader. Yes, but he knows that Vader has a way to find out that Luke is, is his son. Yes, but the Emperor and Vader don't know that Anakin had kids. Neither of them do. Yoda. Yeah. Like, they obviously find it eventually. they're also, like, the, the strongest people with the Force. Like, they're going to figure that out. Well, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, but they do. They figured it Vader out. Vader knows. They figure it out when they get in, like, the fucking way, when Luke shows up. But for, like, 19 years while Luke was on Tatooine and Leia was being a shit disturber for the Rebellion, Anakin didn't know he had kids. Right. But this brings me back to Yoda's deathbed, mm-hmm. at which point Yoda has to assume that Vader knows Luke is his son. And so why would it be so surprising that he would tell him that in an effort to reel him in? I don't know. I guess in the fact that You're he was... working real hard to defend this thing that's a pretty simple question. I Because hon- I honestly don't think there's a problem with it. I don't think... Yoda is so out of the loop. We just discussed that he's also senile to a he's degree. He's not that out of the loop. He's really not. Mm. I'm going to beg to differ on this one. Him and Obi-Wan have 
like they cornered themselves into exile on the galaxy into just complete places of unknown yes you can make the assumption that oh wow we weren't smart enough to give the kid a different last name so the odds are now that he's become a big shot in the rebellion his father's going to clue into who he is but then again at the same time especially knowing that padme had been pregnant well yeah and when people are fighting to the death you usually don't have tons of time for conversation yeah you know what Maybe Yoda should have assumed it, but I really am arguing that this is not much of a plot hole, and I think you're reaching. I don't. I think that I think that to assume that Vader would want to keep that under his hat, because that's what he's implying. Surprising he surprising that is, that he would that he would just cough up that information. It seems like that's the first thing Vader would want Luke to know. Yeah, it would be the first thing you would want him to know. I think it's unfortunate. I think Yoda's commenting on the fact that he found out. Not that Luke found out from Vader, that Vader found out. Maybe. Maybe. I think we're definitely going to have to differ on that one. Okay. I feel strongly about it. I feel strongly on my side, as you can tell. (laughs) What else you got? Uh, Not really a whole lot. I will have to give compliments, though, that uh, the simulation of the shield generator around the Death Star, as Akbar's describing uh, their plan, that's impressive. That's impressive for the 80s. I also thought the flying of the scout speeders was pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, I love me some scout troopers. That brings me back. Except for that one guy who Han defeats in in fisticuffs Mm -hmm. when he's in armor and Han is not. Oh, I didn't say the Scout Troopers were good at anything. Just they look cool. <laughs> they do look cool. They've always yeah, had no, the this, best helmets. The Scout Troopers also, like, their legs are incredibly unprotected. I guess that's true. They're just wearing, like, tights and, like, bicycle knee pads. Yeah. It's yeah, they're right. They're very athletic looking. Yeah. So it's it's about mobility with them. And it doesn't surprise me that Han could kick one of their asses. A couple of them, like, really fly into trees. And it's a very gratifying image. Oh, yeah. There's some big time explosions for just a tree versus a speeder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's it for the 20, though. I think that's it. Yeah. Not too much in the news, really, though, this week either. Quiet week. Yep. Um, let's see. Galaxy's Edge. This is really cool. They could have force ghosts. Okay. So Disney, they put a patent specifically for Galaxy's Edge on this human mirror projection where you can create two or 3D human projections. Okay. Which is very clearly, if they're doing it specifically for Galaxy's Edge, they're making Force Ghosts. So it'd be cool yeah. if like Force Ghosts could be there as like tour guides or like the introduction to a ride. Well, Force Ghosts or just the projection of somebody, which is also yeah, like a used hologram. a lot. Like a hologram. That's yep. used a lot in Star Wars. Yep, definitely. That's true. Like a Help Me Obi-Wan Kenobi sort of moment. Although not really in the new trilogy, is it? Have we seen any holograms? Everything with Snoke other than the throne room. Uh, yeah, that's true. Snoke was. But, uh, but it wasn't clearly a hologram. He was really? very clearly in The Last Jedi. Yeah. Because it's just his head. Right. Um, I'm trying to think, though. There is the Help Me Obi-Wan Kenobi again in The Last Jedi. Sure. All right. Uh, but no, you're right. There isn't much of it. We it, used it a lot in the original movies. Absolutely. And we used it a lot in the prequels. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's one of the best things in Star Wars. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah, it is cool. Uh, yeah, I think that's definitely something that should be brought back. I think, yeah, it's a good point. Good call on that. Bring it back. Uh, Kevin Feige, he explicitly denied replacing Kathleen Kennedy. So people who are loving the rumor of potentially him jumping ship from the most successful film franchise yeah. in the world to not the most successful <laughs> sorry your your wishes are not going to come true why in the world would someone leave marvel no. for star wars 
if this you is just love people both creating people. narrative there wasn't even any evidence of that well he uh, had to deny it because so many people wanted it because people turn mm -hmm. their their rumors into reality in yeah. this world it's so frustrating uh i respect kevin feige for what he's done uh cinematically it's incredible but i do not want him to work for star wars no i don't that, either I, I would hate that well i would fear that there would be too much of the same. I would fear that things would kind of blend a little bit. He does love and know Star Wars, but I'm glad that he wants to continue experiencing it as a fan. If you're going to bring in somebody to take over creative, I'd be intrigued by it being John Favreau. Mm -hmm. I'd be intrigued by it being J.J. Abrams. And I still think it should be Dave Filoni. Well, and we're talking about the Marvel model. Like People have always been worried that we're going to be oversaturated with Star Wars. This is not the same game we're playing as Marvel. No. And I don't like if you, it used to be it was two Marvel movies a year. We're exactly 6 months into 2018 and since New Year's Day, we have Ant-Man and the Wasp coming out this week. Mm -hmm. We had Black Panther, mm -hmm. we had Marvel Infinity War, and we had Thor Ragnarok. That's four Marvel Cinematic Universe movies since New Year's in Day. 6 months. Yeah. Wow. That's not happening in Star Wars. No, 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 no. Thank God. I would love it if we got to a point with Star Wars where there were there was a live action TV show going on, uh, an animated TV show, and a movie every Christmas. I want movies at Christmas for sure. If you give me that, I'm okay. Well, I mean that's plenty. You give me two TV shows that run consistently. And there are more than 10 episodes long, because then I want another one. Because this one's currently supposed to be 10 episodes, the John Favreau one. That's usually a sign that it's better quality. That television. usually is. Yeah. But if that's the case, give me give me another TV show to make it. <laughs> just round it out a little bit more. Because right. I do believe TV is a better medium for telling stories. I prefer character development. It's the reason why I loved the tar Star Wars television shows so much. I don't prefer animation to live action. I just love the fact that you can develop a character more. Yeah. Uh, the same way that... Hayden Christensen, in my head, just isn't my first thought for Anakin anymore. And I love that because he's just not the best Anakin. It's better to like the character. Exactly. So I'll be really intrigued to see what they're going to do with the Star Wars Resistance TV show and what they'll do with Jon Favreau's TV show. Maybe they'll do another one. Uh, and then I, I, I just, at this point, I think one, uh, you and I were chatting a little bit before about just rotating back and forth between trilogies for a little while. I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm put, okay with that for a couple years. the main episodes uh, on a little break after episode nine. 2027. Have, and just have two rotating trilogies, yeah. Christmas to Christmas. That would be very exciting. That'd be very satisfying. I'd yep. be very pleased with that. Uh, and yes, I, 2027 is episode 10. It makes perfect sense. 50 years, it just has to be. It's also a good amount of time away. Yep. Eight years is not bad by any means. No, that's appropriate. I yeah, think. I think, especially seeing as the waits before were, were nice, but no one's going to complain about being a slightly shorter wait, especially seeing as eight years is still enough time that you're going to get amped again. They're not going to wait 20 years like they have in the past. Well, exactly. It's not like, uh, well, let's face it, eight years. Um, what was the difference between Return of the Jedi and Phantom Menace? Uh, no, Revenge of the Sith and The Force Awakens. Uh, that's probably like 12 years at most yeah, yeah. at absolute i think it's actually 2003 to 2015 that's uh, my it, guess no i think it's 2005 i could be wrong yeah maybe it is to 2015 yeah maybe it is 2005 this is riveting radio oh i know right guys yeah 2005 <laughs> so 10 years <laughs> yep 10 years so really not much different at all it's fine it's very appropriate yeah, exactly and especially when we found out about the announcement of the force awakens yeah exactly so hype started then exactly uh not too much else um 
Kathleen Kennedy, this was an observation uh, I saw this week. Kathleen Kennedy will likely not leave Lucasfilm until Indy 5. Wow. That's a really good point. No, but you got to keep in mind, though. Like, people were thinking, oh, she'll yeah. leave after episode 9, right. which I actually thought was there was a decent chance on. She'll definitely be staying until Indy 5. I hope she does, because that movie's got a lot of weight on its mm-hmm. shoulders. Well, I personally want Kathleen Kennedy to stay as long as she wants to stay. Yeah, me too. I just want her gone from creative ASAP. Yeah. Uh, just because that's too much for one person to take on for just a massive, massive franchise. Yeah. Uh, my final point for the day is something that someone, I think, discovered first on Reddit. But you know the scene in The Last Jedi where Rey is practicing with her lightsaber uh, and she cuts through a rock and the fight between Kylo Ren and Luke, they fight the exact same way. Yeah. Rey and Kylo do to a T the exact same moves against the rock and against Luke. It's true. Uh, it's I recommend people go back and watch. It's only a few different movements, but they're too similar to not be intentional. What is you're right. Certainly the combat is exactly the same. What is that suggesting though? It could suggest a lot of things. I've heard some people say that uh, Ray has downloaded Kylo's thoughts, which I think is stupid as hell in his training. Uh, I think that's really weird. Some people I think, don't know. I don't hate that. Uh, I don't. They I don't, could develop that in a cool way. I think that you can do it similarly, but much better yep. in the sense of Ray doesn't remember anything before like the age of seven or eight. Right. Whenever she was, when she was dropped off there. Clearly her mind has been wiped. Maybe she was the one student at Luke's temple who got away, who didn't want to side with Kylo and didn't get slaughtered. Why wouldn't Luke remember her? I don't know. Okay. That's something that Star Wars can fill in a plot hole. We can deal with that. Yeah, Yeah, he can intentionally be trying to keep her away. Maybe he's lying to her the entire time. Who knows? You can find a way to make that work. She's also a lot older. He can also come back and... um, have a conversation with her and say, well, what I told you was true from a certain point of view. <laughs> if you think about it, so... And she would say, from a certain point of view? Really? You're pulling <laughs> this shit on me? Yeah. <laughs> but I think they could find a way to make that work. And if so, she, she was a student of Luke's early on, it would explain why she was able to pick up a lightsaber and be a badass with it immediately and yep. take on Kylo Ren in the forest. You're right. And that a lot of this would be instinct within her. And it got me thinking that potentially... It's a Luke Skywalker situation in a different way. What if the person who dropped her off, I don't know who it is, but say someone dropped her off intentionally and left her with Unkar Plutt, but Lor Santeca was there the entire time to watch over her. Well, he has to be. That right? He's there as her Obi-Wan We got to come back and make that guy mean something. Because if he's there as her protector and Kylo Ren's coming down, and like he has that confrontation with him, it shows an extra meaning as to... Because we all know Lor Santeca knows Kylo Ren. He was Luke's partner in their quest across the galaxy to find artifacts of the Jedi. Right, but he appears to be extremely meaningful in the exactly. opening scene of the return of Star Wars. Yeah. And then he dies and nobody even talks about him anymore. So there's something there. And right. potentially he's that Obi-Wan figure that J.J. was so clever to kill off right away that we would never really think about again. Brilliant. And that if she was a student, that would make a lot of sense. So... It really added up a lot of things for me. It does, yeah. Uh, so I've heard some of the other suggestions that obviously the reincarnation uh, of somebody else. Right, uh, right. I mean, I've also, I remember hearing uh, when The Last Jedi came out and before the hate really started, 
people just referred to the relationship between Ray and Ren as yin and yang. Mm. Uh, and, I mean, their names even kind of sound like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that implies that they are one together. They are one unit mm-hmm. uh, and they're the, the light and the dark. And, uh, and that is a fun way to tell the Star Wars story, which is all about the light and the dark and the relationship and how it associates with itself. Yeah, I love the relationship between Rey and Kylo Ren. I think yeah, it's, it's, it's phenomenally yeah. fascinating. I love the way... I watched The Last Jedi yesterday just because... Uh, and just the shutting of the door... In that final scene, the disappointment in Ray, the constant disappointment in Ray, in just trying to get Kylo to come back over to the side, yeah. and he just won't. He's not going to do it now. I know. It's if if he is is redeemed at all in the series, it'll be his dying m- motion. Oh, I think, and I actually, I think that will be the case. Yeah, I think he will redeem himself in death in a similar way that Vader did, but not quite as, um, not quite as poetically, not quite as. He won't be vindicated the same way. Well, he can't be because he has already overthrown his leader and stayed evil. No, that's true. Exactly. So I think while he'll do something that is somewhat noble, I think he has to die. Oh, he does. He's, he's unforgivable now. Yeah. And it's really interesting. What if you leave episode nine where you have the main villain isn't dead? That's interesting. That is scary. That's really weird. Like, yeah. what's the state of the galaxy going to be? They're not going to kill Ray. There's no chance of that. No. So, like, are they going to potentially have a coexistence that's okay? Or, like, I'm really curious to know what the landscape of the galaxy is going to be going into episode nine. I wish it was happening at Christmas. I really, really do. Oh, well, year and a half. Yeah. Fingers crossed. All right. Uh, thanks very much for listening. If you want to send along some comments, tweet at Recorder66. You can email Recorder66Podcast at gmail.com. Rate and review on iTunes. Give us the max stars so we can chart. Uh, and next week, we watch the fourth 20-minute installment of Return of the Jedi. So watch the first 80 minutes of that movie uh, if you want to be totally caught up. Uh, and in the meantime, may the Force be with you. <laughs> <laughs>